What is up, Crusaders of Crypt Nation? It is your favorite crypto revolutionaries. I'm Bryce Paul, and as always, joined by the notorious Pizza Mind. Welcome, Crusaders, to Crypto 101. Today, we are cruising with Tyler Spaulding, CEO of Flexa. Flexa is doing revolutionary work. They've succeeded where many other crypto payment projects have crashed and burned miserably. The way it works is you have a phone app that you scan at a point of sale system. You can use this to pay for things like coffee and food using Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all kinds of other different cryptos at over 39,000 locations here in the U.S. You know, I guess however it works, you're right. Making crypto possible to use every day is the only thing that matters here. Flexa could be a crucial piece of the infrastructure we need to bring crypto to the mainstream. All right. Well, I can't wait to learn more and see where they're at in terms of progress. All right, Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. We are very, very, very stoked about this one. Uh, We're going to be covering lots of ground uh, from staking in your system to the spend app. Uh, to just the grand vision for Flexa. But before we get into all that exciting stuff, why don't you tell the tell the audience who you are and why'd you get into crypto of, of all the things in the world? I, I've sort of been an entrepreneur now. This is my fourth company. So my first entre- my first company I started was, man, way back when, when I was 16, it was an e-commerce company. So I got involved in sort of uh, tech and software early on. Ended up being in aerospace uh, for a while. Uh, So I worked on the space shuttle program through NASA, which was really fun. Got a whole bunch of other experience through both software then and hardware. And it was just like really exciting to be a part of such a major sort of public project uh, and get to meet all the astronauts and have something kind of working on so significant. Um, The timescales are really long. You know, you're building out all this hardware over potentially decades. And so moving now more into software, sort of analytics got really exciting for me. So I started another company in in personalization software and ended up really pivoting towards uh, recommendation systems and data around uh, purchasing, particularly mobile payments and mobile apps and the environments around making payments. And, And I started getting all this experience of how frustrating payments were. Uh, and it's sort of the last mile around like verifying that a transaction even occurs. And so there's a lot of disparate systems between online and in-store and the variety of stores, the variety of hardware, the variety of software. It's just a, it's a complete mess. And it ends up costing people and merchants even more than I think a lot of people are aware of. And so there was a lot of frustration there around just seeing some of that in what we were working in. And, and I ended up uh, working at another company, selling that company, uh, which is also another mobile payments company. And so just got all this experience of understanding just payments and, and how really broken it was, especially from the merchant perspective. Thankfully met other people that, had, that were very like-minded, that also had a passion for solving this problem, that also had a very relevant experience. And so I uh, teamed up with my co-founders and we really set out to this mission of how do we fix payments uh, and how, how do we just make this now work globally and without all these fees and without all this fraud and, and all these other entities that are part of that. And so we're really passionate. This started as a how do we solve payments problem. And then for me, how, how cryptocurrency even came into it. So uh, I've been, I started mining Bitcoin in early 2011 and it was something that I saw of, wow, a permissionless uh, currency or, or an asset. And at that time, you could uh, send Bitcoin instantly and for free all over the world. And I just immediately thought, wow, this is going to 
just it's going to change the world immediately. Like this is the future of what payment should look like. Um, whether it's peer to peer between entities, the the uh, censorship resistance, the I value something, a verified digital asset. I just thought, wow, this is absolutely going to change the world. And and it didn't in that capacity yet. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And that's one of the things we've also really addressed at Flexa is, is why, why hasn't this really powerful payment mechanism uh, been more adopted, both on consumer and merchant side? And so that's what Flexa is really trying to bring to market is how do we use this great technology that brings the best cost efficiency to payments? Um, maybe the best system that payments could even uh, really conceive now in the digital age um, and, and make that now usable for everyone. So that's kind of our, our, our high level mission uh, and the team behind it, you know, really the payments veterans that understand uh, how all of this works and, and where are a lot of these inefficiencies and that, how can we, uh, we can fix that. Flex is not just another cryptocurrency that's trying to make it possible for people to spend their crypto. Instead, you're coming at it from the absolute opposite end of the bridge and trying to fix the actual broken payment system on the merchant side. And as a proxy of that, people are going to be able to spend their cryptocurrency in over 39,000 retail stores in the U.S. so far, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how are you able to even accomplish such widespread participation when so many others have tried and failed? I guess the first part, yeah, you're you're exactly right. We're we're not a cryptocurrency. We're not a blockchain. We're we're literally just a new payments network. So we don't use Visa. We don't use Mastercard. Any of these other open loop systems. We connect directly to the merchants themselves, and basically allow them to receive payments in the cheapest and easiest way possible. So we facilitate that, and so. Uh, we've been working with merchants for, you know, almost the better part of a decade. So uh, we know the people at the teams, we know what is challenging for them. We know the operational headaches they have. We know where the fraud comes from. We know all these other problems firsthand because we've had to live through it. And so uh, not only do we we hope and, and really put forth that we think we can be trusted in, in, in what we've done previously and our results have spoken for themselves, it's, it's really about building that genuine network of merchants and seeing just that we understand just this whole process. Uh, we're not trying to just create this new entity where uh, we're another middleman or we're making fees on top of something. And, and it's just like counter to what they've already really been looking for. So, so yeah, the first part is a new payments network that fits in with their, the issues and the costs and the fraud and the inefficiencies and things like that, that plugs in very simply and easy for them, something that's very valuable to them. And then on the other side, it's going to be an open platform. It, it, cryptocurrency really has this, this powerful force of like this choice, right? You can choose to believe in and use what, what you want to ascribe value to. And like, that's what we're really about too, is uh, any cryptocurrency, any wallet, any app, uh, you don't have to use our app. Our app is just the first one, hopefully of thousands that'll be using Flexa. Wherever you have crypto existing already, we want you to be able to spend that natively through that interface, through that app, through the wallet, through the exchange, uh, and we'll do everything really on the merchant side and build up a really great merchant community and make this really valuable to them. That's awesome. So I remember reading it, uh, in your launch post, uh, you say a neutral collateral token was going to be necessary in order to support instant payments at retail points of sale and to make cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin acceptable to large multinational retailers. Um, so could you walk us through how the Flexa system works? 
Um, I know you mentioned that you guys aren't a blockchain, but there is a ERC twenty token. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, so it it'll sound a lot more complex than it really is. Um, but the idea is that we're we're essentially just this pipe that allows. It's like a payments pipe, and it's like this conduit to allow wallets and other cryptocurrencies. You basically put the crypto in, and on the other side will convert that into what the merchants are looking for, whether it's local currency, it could even be crypto itself. So if merchants want to receive Bitcoin natively, like that's absolutely something we can facilitate. So whatever the merchants are looking for operationally on the other side, we work the best to be able to enable that for them. And then on the front side, you now have all of these other wallets that are looking to uh, basically pay into the network. Why some sort of collateral ends up being like, absolutely vital to the system is you have to make a retail payment in just less than a second. Whenever you're trying to pay for anything in a store, the timing is is very, very important. Even if you have a fast blockchain that maybe you have some, some block times a matter of seconds, it's still too long. And even if you could uh, get down to very, very quick blockchain-based payments, you're still going to need a certain amount of confirmations to really, really validate this at scale. So, so for maybe certain merchants that could work depending on the size. I mean, if you're buying coffee, are you really gonna be trying to hijack networks and reverse transactions for like a few dollars? Probably not. So that actually might work out all right. But when you're looking at high throughput global transactions of any sort of size, there's uh, you need to have finality. You need to be able to have finality and an instant payment at retail. I mean, that is just the table stakes. We are going to do that and we can do that. So that's what our network facilitates. And so what happens is we'll make the payments immediately, but now we need the wallet or the user to send the crypto to the network. And so we have to wait for that. Uh, depending on what the currency is and the status of the network, the wallet, all sorts of variable factors, you know, it could take minutes, it could take hours, it could take a day or anywhere in between. So there's a lot of variance of like how the crypto will come to us and then also verify that it's achieved a certain level of confirmations. And so what we do now to strengthen the network or secure the network is that the wallet itself will pledge collateral in the form of Flexicoin into an address or a smart contract that essentially is, is the network. And then the network allows all of its users to spend against that collateral. So let's say in the collateral, there's $1,000 worth of Flexicoin. We'll essentially let all of the users have up to $1,000 of unconfirmed transactions. So they're not using the collateral, they're not interacting with the collateral, but we basically say, all right, um, we can let no matter what crypto you're using, all of that will essentially be pending and we let you have up to $1,000 of pending transactions. And as those transactions clear or reach a certain amount of confirmations, then the collateral is essentially free again, and you can continue to spend against that. The really, the critical part of that is now we don't have to trust the wallets. So we really do have an open system to where any person can build their own wallet, their own app, their own exchange, anything. We don't have to trust them. And so it really is a permissionless system to where Anyone in the world will be able to take the cryptocurrency they want to spend and basically put it into this pipe and use it across retailers all over across the world um, without any business development deals or any other contracts or anything else. Because we're using the power of these platforms. So by just depositing this, this cryptocurrency collateral, we can let all of those users spend against that now and again 
it's completely permissionless. And that's why it gets really exciting because we feel like that's the way that really should be. Uh, cryptocurrency enables that. Um, so that's kind of just our philosophy um, around people spending what they believe in, wallets and developers now having the freedom to build what they want and use that and not have all these other onerous agreements and everything else that they need to go figure out. Just build something that you want to use and then we'll be able to enable that. That's amazing. So as a user, I would have to uh, stake the network in order to to participate in the network? Or is it that other people can be staking in order for me to use the network? Uh, the latter. So a user would not need to interface um, basically with this at all. Uh, it's all behind the scenes. So this is more on the developer side. Um, but anyone could stake. So let's say you create a, uh, in a wallet X, for instance, as a developer, uh, anyone can contribute stake into wallet X's stake pool, but the users then get to spend against the collateral. So what would happen is if something, uh, I guess, bad or, or malicious were to happen, it's really the wallet doing making the problem because the wallet is going to have the SDK. They're the one that's basically authorizing the funds to the network. So we're basically keeping the wallet honest of the wallet knows that if it doesn't play by the rules, it's going to lose the collateral, which then is the support and uh, its community, which then hurts itself. So it really is is completely analogous to a proof of stake in like a, or sorry, stake in a proof of stake network uh, or a consensus algorithm of, if you know you have, it's the game theory of I've now pledged the stake. So now I know I have to behave by the rules. And so I know I'm going to operate uh, in accordance with that. So when, when this is uh, now live, a user won't see or know any of this is in place, um, but anyone within the community uh, will be eligible to stake FlexiCoin. So it will not be limited or walled off um, for others to participate. Just how far away are we from being able to use the Spend app and where are the first locations we're going to be able to use it? One, the app is now live uh, in the U.S. So we have um, about 20... Uh, nationwide merchants in the US, they're now accepting this. So it is live for a variety of cryptocurrencies. Uh, we do have uh, invite codes, but um, we are releasing those pretty regularly. So even within this show, if people uh, want to email you or even me, uh, Tyler at Flexa.network, I'm happy to provide a variety of codes for people to be able to try it out. Uh, it's fully live on iOS. Uh, we're in beta on Android. Um, but again, that's still things that we can we can invite people to. It's very it's functional and we'll be launching that now shortly. We're also going to have some very, very soon international expansion. We'll be launching into a variety of other international locations shortly uh, within a matter of weeks. And then we're also going to allow users to now stake the Spedin app as well. Uh, so they'll be able to participate in the network and basically collateralize that app and all subsequent apps on uh, the network as well. One really, I guess one important thing I didn't mention earlier too, the network participants themselves and also then the incentive mechanism. Uh, as, an as a user or someone in the community, if I want to uh, stake these apps, what's my selfish motivation for doing that other than enabling spending, which is also you know, valuable, uh, but the way we're also approaching this is that low fees we're collecting from merchants, we're using to basically buy more of the FlexiCoin token, and we distribute all of that back to the stakers. 
So essentially now, if you're staking the platform, you're earning all of the rewards in the system. Flexa isn't another middleman just taking fees. Like, cause again, that wasn't our mission from the beginning. What we're doing is all of the value in the network, we're looking to accrue in the token itself. And so while, when the token can now be used as this utility, it's required for the network to work, but then we're also then distributing back all of the proceeds to uh, the stakers, because you're the one doing the work, you're the one taking the risk, you're the one collateralizing the network. That's also kind of how all this will come together, um, where it's really this platform uh, that we're building, as opposed to just some entity that's collecting fees, um, that's trying to have all this governance on how everything works and that sort of a thing. Wow, I'm even more excited now. One uh, thing I'm confused about, though, is when I was looking up the app, and I'm sure many other listeners uh, were going to run into this too. There's another app called Spend, and I want to make sure like that's not the same thing as you guys, right? That's a different company? Totally unrelated. Uh our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, no overlap as far as I'm concerned. And uh, especially when you look at, I believe they do other debit card products, right? So they're using the very infrastructure that, so I guess first thing is um, we want to support anyone that, that uh, has the, the vision of spending cryptocurrency. So no matter how you do that, uh, whether it's native, whether it's through these cards or otherwise, like that's something always our team and even me personally, I'll absolutely be behind that. And spending crypto, we believe is like the future of where there's so much value in that. That said, it's always a little disappointing when we see the, you know, cryptocurrency backed cards and debit cards and things that use like kind of the open loop payment rails, like, you know, the Visa or MasterCard open loop cards and things like that. And, and the main reason for that is they're incredibly expensive. And it's also the very infrastructure we're trying to get rid of, right? We are literally trying to build around all this infrastructure where, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when you're releasing these cards or otherwise, you're building something on top of the very infrastructure we need to go away. Awesome. So I know um, the Winklevoss twins in Gemini happens to be uh, pretty inextricable from this project. Could you talk about their role? 
Man, there's a couple things there. So one, uh, you know, Tyler and Cameron have just been very supportive of Bitcoin and the future of what of what the future looks like within crypto, I think. And they've been obviously very vocal about that and been a big part of the community for quite a while. So that's always the the immediate exciting piece is to be able to work with people that have been in this industry for a while and, and have been been through that and, and really have that genuine intent of, of looking to turn this into something really exciting and meaningful. So they believe uh, very strongly that cryptocurrency can be used for payments and they, they talk about that regularly. And so um, right off the bat, this is something, you know, they were interested in and obviously us knowing of Gemini. So that was kind of like a first part. But then the second part, which I'd say is maybe even more important, is uh, Flexa has, man, we being in the U.S., uh, so we're based in New York, and we also have some of the largest merchant partners in the world we, we haven't approached this like a lot of other ICO or, or startup projects where it's, you know, we're going to break a lot of things. We're going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to try to figure some of this stuff out later. Like we're trying to make this mainstream. We're working with these massive partners. Like we don't get, you know, two, three, four different opportunities. Like we have to really get it right and we have to do it right. And we have to do it as much as we believe in all these permissionless systems and how this can be the future of money, which I strongly believe. We're not saying, oh, no rules apply, right? And and that we support all this, you know, other potential negative activity. Like we don't. We want to do it in a way that really makes sense from a regulatory perspective of ensuring that this is still just as good as cash. And this is a meaningful version of cash. And there are going to be certain restrictions and there are various licenses and there are registering with certain government agencies and all these other things that you, you have to do. Uh, you can't just overthrow everything uh, because that's not how it will work, especially when it comes to these huge merchants. Like they, they are like multi, multi, sometimes hundred billion dollar organizations for you to get the meaningful scale and actually spend at these places. Like this is what they're going to need. We built the network with that in mind from literally day one. We have uh, the the essential licenses and the registrations and how we're, and this is all the real boring stuff uh, that we don't really talk about. Our approach to regulation and and just really making sure that this is compliance in every single jurisdiction that we're going to operate in, both on the assets that are used, the apps that are used, the uh, exchanges that we use, the the banks that we use, all of this, like kind of from top to bottom, uh, and that's also as. A lot of people are probably aware, like Tyler and Cameron and Gemini, it's been their approach from the beginning as well, is how do we build this great exchange that, that is done right and is done compliantly? And they, you know, launch a stable coin and they back it with bank reserves that they publicly disclose. And that's literally, it sounds crazy, but uh, Gemini dollar is the only fiat backed token that has publicly disclosed where their money is. And, you know, that just sounds crazy. Uh, and, and, you know, there's still utility in the other tokens. So I'm not trying to say that that's the only way to do something or it's you know, far, far superior in every single case. But that's the approach that they've had. And that's the approach we're looking for. And that's the approach that Flexa has built for. And again, going back to the very beginning, we built this for merchants and the merchant community and knowing how valuable this can be to them. Like these are the essential pieces. And so... Uh, that's why Gemini has just stuck out to be a, a great partner from us for us from the very beginning. Yeah, it's it really sounds like the perfect partnership. Uh, they're lucky to have a guy like you, uh, and I think you know you've expressed that you're quite lucky to have guys like them. Um, so so also 
I think I read that they that Gemini also custodies and insures the collateral. Is that is that true? Sort of. Um, not the collateral, but right now the Spedin app is a custodial app, and the reason we launched that way is, in all honesty, because it's easier. Uh, and in trying to get an MVP, you know, a product that people could use as soon as possible. We made it a custodial app. Uh, real quick, and by custodial, you mean that users aren't generating their own uh, private keys and writing down their mnemonic. Is that correct? Correct. Exactly. And so everything I've even just been kind of talking about right now is we're emphasizing all the other backend pieces around working correctly and interfacing with merchants and how this kind of the backend system works. Like we don't need to be a great custodian. Uh, some of that stuff's really hard. I mean, you see it, you know, all the time, right? Exchanges are getting hacked. People are losing funds. Like it's a really hard problem. And so when we have now a custodial app, like it just didn't really make that much sense for us to have to do that, solve that problem well. Whereas we feel like Gemini maybe has now solved it the best. So when you're basically depositing with a Spedin app, you're essentially depositing with Gemini. And so that means your funds are now always going to be secure. They're insured. You can just trust uh, by using our Spedin app that you're dealing with just the very best uh, custody and security that exists out there. Very cool. So just running down a list of uh, a timeline here. So you went to MIT, correct? Uh, yes. And then you worked on spaceships and then you decided to incorporate a cryptocurrency company in New York. This tells me that you like to do things a hard way. What are the biggest challenges that you've faced with Flexa and what are the big challenges that are, you've yet to overcome? It, it is a lot of the, what I just sort of talked about on the, the regulatory environment, particularly in the U.S., a lot of uh, uncertainty, how a lot of this works, you know, ha having to plan for the future of what might then be true or how this is all kind of getting aligned. Like, that's just hard. As a small company, you want to move as fast as possible. So that's more where some of the frustrating pieces is that you want to make decisions as quickly as possible and, and ship product as fast as you can. Deviating a little bit away from Flexa, but not too far, let's talk about coin market cap. So they recently changed their rules for what coins are allowed to be in the top 200 now, and it's no longer just based on market cap. You know, Flexa, just by market cap alone, would be sitting somewhere in the top 80, but instead you guys are ranked in the thousands right now. Um, what's being done about that? Or, you know, can you make any comment towards it? Oh, uh, yeah. These would probably be my, my you know, personal comments, I guess, having been uh, in kind of cryptocurrency now for more than eight years. It's so first, uh, generally, uh, I'd imagine it's a good thing in that uh, coin market cap sits in a really unusual position. I mean, they're absolutely massive. They're one of the most trafficked websites in the entire world. So, they do have this position of, you know, so much traffic and so much use. And like they are this major source that people are using. So it, it is really hard for them to even make various um, decisions or, or or change kind of what they're doing. I know I can remember back a few years ago where, where um, it was like some indexing on one exchange went down uh, for one of their tokens and it just adjusted the price somehow. And so it led to a token getting sold off like 30% or something like something unbelievable by just like one small little integration broke wow. and a, a coin price, you know, can get market dumped like that. So it's, you know, that's really where they're standing. So, so the first thing is I give them some credit for looking at changing what they're doing, especially as 
other exchanges, you know, have really started to game the system, I guess, if you will, of, of how a lot of that works and, and, and volume and everything else like that. And so, so I definitely give them a lot of uh, credit for attempting to make some of these changes and figuring out what the changes can be because it's hard to experiment at that size and also to get things right. But by the same token, you know, some things are a little off when you see some of these older projects that get all this other exposure and a lot of fake volume, but all of a sudden they're like in the top 30 or the top 40. It's like, okay, well, I think everyone's very clear that the method that they're using has not been the greatest for quite a while, right? So I think that's all pretty understandable. So I, I give them a lot of credit for, uh, for looking at making the right changes to kind of to make things more accurate. Are they, you know, and I would even encourage them as much as possible to make it even more accurate. And the more that they can do, given their place within the industry, I would encourage them to continue doing that. Awesome. That's extremely valuable insight. Um, you know, we, we got a couple more questions for you before we let you go. Um, this one we is like my favorite question that we always ask. What is one company uh, in the crypto space or in the enterprise space that you think is having the greatest impact on crypto? And it can't be uh, yourself. And in this case, let's uh, also exclude Gemini from it. I talk a lot about uh, my personal favorite investors and to not totally emphasize them, but 1KX, uh, the partners there, this is exactly their philosophy. They only invest in tokens and they only invest in platforms where the token is what accrues all of the value. They, they make a great quote of good token economics are better than any business model. And I fundamentally believe that as well. And so I think this is the power of what these crypto platforms can start providing. And so it's not, um, I do think that they're great investors and, and I'd love to support them and everything else. But in terms of their impact on the industry, I think that sort of a thinking and that sort of mentality and the investments they're making into projects that also have those those sort of um, uh, philosophies, I think that is going to be some of the most impact. So I think right now it's still much smaller than some of these other big guys and larger funds and things that you see. Um, but I think that sort of mentality and that sort of investing, whether it's on a fund or individual level, I feel like that has the strongest potential of everything I've personally seen because you're getting people to have strong incentives into growing networks and growing this technology and participating in these projects in, in an actual meaningful way. Like, like I'll kind of make just a quick aside to that is like something like Bitcoin, which, you know, I've been a fan of since I've ever, you know, um, discovered it, I guess. But as a Bitcoin owner, right, if you own Bitcoin, you don't really have that much influence over the network or the health of the network. You can be a miner, but as a miner, you don't necessarily have to hold Bitcoin. Um, or you could be a developer uh, and you don't necessarily have to hold Bitcoin. And that's not to say that they're not mutually exclusive, right? I mean, they're not. But if all I do is I hold Bitcoin, uh, I'm still at the mercy of everyone else and what they're doing to the network and how they're using it and building everything around it. I don't really have anything other than the price appreciation to really believe in and be a part of. Whereas let's assume that holding Bitcoin allowed you to mine or allowed you to stake or allowed you to write code or allowed you to have governance or allowed you to, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever that looked like, uh, that now becomes a much more strong reinforcing mechanism that would allow Bitcoin to be even more powerful, in my opinion. Um, I don't know the right answer to that. So I'm not trying to make an assumption that, oh, you know, Bitcoin is flawed or not correct or anything like that. Like that, That's not at all what I'm saying, but... 
If you take a platform though, that does have some of those other ownership characteristics, uh, I think it has this so, it's the incredible, uh, sorry, the potential is incredible. Uh, and so again, that's where I think the most impact will come from. So what, what those guys have done at 1KX and, uh, and plenty of other investors have had this similar approach, uh, even some of the larger funds that invest in token projects, um, that I think has the most potential and just a, a ton of impact coming in the future. Our last question of the day is if this was the very first podcast that someone getting into the crypto space had heard, what would you want them to know about getting involved in crypto? The first thing I would say, honestly, is don't, if you want to get involved and have genuine understanding and be a part of uh, what cryptocurrency or, or crypto networks or platforms can become, uh, definitely don't look at it in terms of price or speculative investments. That can come for sure. So that's something that's always a feature of a network. But I think like step one is to kind of distance yourself from some of that and understand just why is it meaningful to you? Uh, what would you ever use this for? Like, what is the real utility when, when you find Bitcoin, does Bitcoin do anything for you? Like, do you resonate with what it could literally personally do for you and you using it? Like, what, how would that change your life? Maybe it really doesn't. And it means that there's maybe another project or another type of technology that, that can. And I feel like when you have that, that allows you to dig a lot deeper. It allows you to get really motivated to figure out how things work and how people are participating. And there's all the other price and pieces too, but that's literally what happened when I found Bitcoin is I saw it and thought, wow, this is going to be the best payment method possible um, because of just what it literally was. And I didn't think at all about, oh, I'm going to buy a bunch of this or have a bunch of this. It's going to be worth a lot more. Uh, and to be fair, you know, people a lot benefit on the price appreciation, but uh, you know, I was using it and that's what really got me into it and wanted to learn so much more about how it actually functioned and then kind of grow beyond. So, yeah, that's my my number one piece of advice is find find a project, a thing, a token, uh, a network, a cryptocurrency, uh, you know, whatever it is. Find one of those that you think is really impactful to you that, you know, you could spend a lot of time understanding and using. And if you if it passes that kind of that high level test of what you want to use it for. Uh, I think that's your first step. That's amazing. Um, you know, I did have one last question because uh, I'm going over uh, on your Twitter right now because I was going to shout it out. And I noticed that you're a whiskey maximalist. And so I need I need the best whiskey recommendation that you have before you leave the show. So that is an absolutely true statement. It really depends on what you're looking for. I, I'm, I'm typically like a Johnny Walker Black Label kind of guy. What's uh, something comparable? Oh, uh, yeah. So if you want a little bit of peat action, so like more of a, a Highlands or a Space Side, a little bit of peat, I'd probably go for the Balvany 14-year peat week. And that will do you very well. Uh, so Balvany, amazing distillery. They make some small amounts of uh, peated whiskey give that a shot. I think you'll love it. Thank you so much, Tyler, for your time and for your recommendations and for your words of wisdom. You could follow them on Twitter at FlexaHQ and make sure you hit Tyler with a follow as well. That's T-R Spalding. Um, and yeah, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks guys. I really appreciate it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.